0: The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron.
1: Hello and welcome to The Big Scottish Football Podcast with me Stephen Mill and him Ewan Cameron. How you doing Ewan?
2: <laughs>
1: Alright it's Halloween, is that what you're doing?
2: Well we're recording on Halloween so obviously.
1: Would you say it's going to be a spectacular episode? <laughs> is it going to be frighteningly good?
2: Anything like that? No. It's all of that and above.
1: All of that and above, right. Okay, well, it is episode 15. Welcome along. In today's episode, we will review all the action from the weekend in Scottish football and introduce our new feature, VARWTS. <laughs> We'll also check on if Scottish football were a night out Look ahead to their three European dead rubbers And remember you can find us on all your usual podcast providers And on Twitter at Big football Scott. Give us a follow there And you can get us on Instagram and Facebook Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast Right, let's get our teeth into this episode Like it's an
2: apple being ducked for No, it's not ducked Duked it, it, it says juked There's no C in it, look juked. When did you Duked. ever duck for an apple?
1: No, you duke for an apple, do you not?
2: Yeah, but that's what so you duke, but it's duked. Alright, okay. So why did you say ducked?
1: Dunno. Because I thought I thought Producer Callum had sort of uh, missed a letter out, as he often does. <laughs> and it changes the whole but, dynamic but, 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 of the word.
2: But we've never in our lives, for as long as I can remember, ducked I know, well, for an apple.
1: But I've it, duked for an apple. But monkey see monkey do. And I was actually trying to correct it to make it sound better, but in you got it wrong. I got it wrong and I made it sound worse. So what
2: you're saying is you're like me, you're anchor man. You just read what's in front of you. Absolutely. Well, no, because if you'd read what's in front of you, you'd have said ducked for apples because there was not a C in <laughs> That's it. True. I know. That's there's true. There's not a C. That, There's not a C in it, actually. What did I say? Ducked. Yeah. Ducked for apples. Yeah, there was no C in that. So you've actually got it wrong. Yeah I know what? I've got it wrong Completely wrong yeah, I, I So you, you put your hands up to it Yeah I did okay. Yeah. you ever duked for an apple?
1: Uh, No I've not I've duked for an apple <laughs> It's, it's definitely It's duked It's, du- it's du- duked It's not duked Like the Aberdeen yeah. player Yeah, yeah exactly okay. It's duked for an apple Anyway <laughs> Let's move on with our SBFL review <laughs> <laughs> Please can we stop this can we please stop this This is This is mindless Right let's start in the Premiership On Saturday then and it was the big game on Saturday. It was Rangers versus Aberdeen. And after what 15 20 minutes, it was looking really good for Aberdeen. <laughs> and then after that they got battered.
2: We'll get to the uh, the talking point when it comes to the penalty that Rangers got and all the other VAR decisions from the weekend. But let's let's, let's just talk about Jim Goodwin for a second here, right? He was full of bravado on Wednesday, on Thursday. On Friday, he was giving it big licks. We're going to do this. We've done this. I've sat the players down and told them not to be fearful. We've sat down and we showed them tapes of what the atmosphere can be like at Ibrox. We have no fear. We're going there to give them a game. He said all this nonsense in the build up to go into Ibrox. He gets to Ibrox and he gets scalped. 4 1, going on 10. Now, Jim Goodwin should learn something from this. And what he should learn is this. Keep your mouth shut. Don't give the other team that you're playing against any incentive whatsoever. Keep your mouth shut and see if you do get the result that you believe you're going to get. Tell us afterwards. Say, do you know what? I've been telling the players all week we're going to come down here and we're going to scalp them that we're going to take the three points. You don't do it before the game because even the players for Rangers were saying, that was all the incentive we needed And they played like a team Possessed Rangers I thought they were very good Particularly that second half I mean they were outstanding It was 4 going on 10, 11, 12 They battered Aberdeen From four here one. to kingdom come
1: 4-1 finished in the end And I don't know if anyone Anyone else listening at this moment in time Is thinking the same thing you and Cameron telling someone else to keep their mouth shut before a big game.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, but is, I'm not a football manager. You're not
1: a football manager,
2: You can't sit in front of the media and in front of the Aberdeen fans and tell them what you're going to do.
1: Is there a problem with Jim Goodwin when it comes to big games? It seems to be that whenever Aberdeen do put a decent run together, which they had been on before the Rangers game, Rangers had obviously been on a bit of a shoddy run. Yeah. And you could see why, you know, they were confident going into it. But Aberdeen do this all the time They did the same earlier in the season with the Dundee United game They were yeah. on a really good run
2: They got battered And they were flying a, um, to Dundee to play them Thinking they were just going to turn up and get the three points Got scaled 4-0 This is a problem with Aberdeen They're a massive club with a small time manager He needs to think like a big time manager Because he ain't He's actually embarrassing himself With some of the nonsense he's saying before games
1: And take that from Ewan Cameron, who knows all about embarrassing himself (laughs) all the time. So it was embarrassing for Aberdeen on Saturday. 4-1 it finished at Ibrox. Let's move elsewhere. Back on the winning road, Hibs 3-0 against St Mirren. That's
2: a good result for them.
1: He was under a bit of pressure as well. St Mirren, who of course, sorry, joined third in the table, I guess. And Hibs absolutely battered them on Saturday. Your favourite, Martin Boyle, scoring from the
2: penalty spot? He's still not playing particularly great for Hibs just now, but yeah, he scored from the penalty spot. But I think Lee Johnson himself was being mocked, not just by Scottish football fans, yeah, but jacket, also Hibs fans. That jacket, though. But that jacket, but then yeah. what he said after the, the drubbing to Celtic at Parkhead, what he said there, even the Hibs fans were kind of like
0: cringing at him. But he needed that win. The Dundee United won a loss as well when oh, he said, uh, what was it. Um, If you go by the percentiles, he won the game. I mean, we didn't. But if you do, (laughs) I know. And and the reason why
2: he didn't take was it McGuinness off for when he got sent off, and he goes on the data was saying he was playing well and he was he was running more than anybody else. But he's sitting on a yellow card. Yeah, he's already flying tackles. There's a chance he could get sent off. So yeah, he said a few things over the last couple of weeks that added more pressure. He needed that win, and it was a good win against the St. Mirren side, who themselves have been playing all right.
1: Yeah, and. That jacket. Uh, St Johnston. Why
2: were you in that jacket? It was just
1: a horrible jacket. St Johnston won Kilmarnock now. Big win for St Johnston. Huge. Stevie May, I said this last week, it's good to see him back fit. Good to see him back scoring as well, getting a wee bit of his old form. And St Johnston, again, uh, are pulling clear from all the draws at the bottom.
2: Can we just collectively, we round of applause for St Johnston board for standing by Callum Davidson? Because the pressure on that boy. To get sacked from media pundits, from their own football fans, was huge. Yet they bided their time and they said nothing. They did nothing. They believed in Callum. I think because he had credit in the bank, having won the two cups.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would help.
2: Yeah, it it does help. But they were close to getting relegated last year. But they still stuck by Callum Davidson and look what's happened. If you just show a wee bit of patience, it might just come good. And with Stevie May and with Nikki Clark up front, they're looking a bit more solid at the back as well. They're a threat. Yeah. And uh, a good result for them.
1: Absolutely. Elsewhere, Dundee United, oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear, and oh dear, oh dear. Another defeat as well. Interim Callum, one word to describe that game on Saturday, Dundee United nil, 0 Motherwell 1.
0: Controversial.
1: Controversial Which and we'll get to We'll yep. get to in a wee second But a win for Motherwell And Dundee United Remain bottom of the league Alongside Ross County Who got beat by Hearts yesterday You went oh, with that result as well
2: I had a sweat on yesterday I was really worried about that game Anytime you go to Ross County It's a tough, tough encounter And especially off the back of a European game We've also got loads of injuries It was a makeshift team We yep. had Andy Halliday Playing at left back yesterday and left back. Hardy was
1: playing. And I he know, scored. I know, exactly. And he scored
2: from the left back position. But it was a makeshift team. And when I looked at the starting lineup, I thought, oh, well, it's going to be tough. I take a draw right now. And then they take the lead after 11 minutes. And I actually turned my, my phone off. I didn't even know what the full time result was until about half past five when I kind of like sneakily looked at my phone to see what had happened. And to win that game 2 1 at Ross County is huge for Hearts. If we can get to the World Cup without another defeat, and we can get the players back after the World Cup, we will easily finish third because Jim Goodwin's not good enough for Aberdeen for them to finish third.
1: I had a wee look at the results after European ties that Hearts have played this season, and they've actually been very, very good.
2: We have been good. We beat Dundee United 4-1 after a European tie. Beat Motherwell at Motherwell as yes, well. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's been some decent results but after European, just the European bit's been a bit honking. Yeah, it's, 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 it
2: was a makeshift side yesterday in Ross County, it's always tough to go to So yeah I was over the moon Honestly I was yeah. jumping up And down in the living room When that result came through I was so happy
1: Ross County not that tough To go to this season Let's be honest
2: And I know we're talking About the European games Later on in the show But what I would do right now If I'm Robbie Nielsen I'm making wholesale changes for that game to Istanbul. I'm not even taking the first team players with me because the big game for us is Motherwell next week at Tynecastle.
1: Elsewhere yesterday, Celtic 3-0 winners against Livingston. Fairly straightforward in yeah. the end. It was Poor uh, defending, though. It was. It was poor defending. What well, about the
2: goalkeeper for that second goal? I mean, Greg Taylor, the boy's flying just now, Celtic's best player this season. But he hits a first-time shot with that left foot of his. It goes through the defenders. But it also goes through the goalkeeper. How he doesn't stop that, I'd be questioning my goalkeeper there. But that boy is flying just now. I love Greg Taylor.
0: Also Celtic's most played outfield player this season.
2: Greg Taylor, Greg Taylor. is he? Yeah. He's easily their, their, their player of the year. I know uh, kiogo what a finish. That left foot finish. Yeah, not bad. I mean, the goalkeeper's on his knees. no not got a chance. It's on the roof of the net. They're flying. They're playing some decent football. And I thought it was quite comfortable for them yesterday. But I thought Livingston kind of... Didn't help themselves with some poor defending.
1: Yeah. But Celtic, of course, only have Real Madrid to play this week. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Let's drop down and uh, spin through some of the results from the other divisions. So Friday night football in the championship, it was Queen's Park 2, Dundee 2. And then what a win for Morton. Effie Ambrose's Bunig Morton. He is back. And they beat Inverness 4 0 on Friday night. So the championship, just a league that nobody wants to win because then on Saturday, it was Air United 2. Uh, are both nil at Gayfield. That means Air United are top of the tree at the moment. What a game at Hamilton. Hamilton oh. four, Cove Rangers four, and Wraith Rovers three, Partick Thistle now Partick Thistle are dropping like a stone, and I know they're missing four or five of their best players, but even though they've been scalped in their past couple of matches, they're still
0: only a point off the top of the league. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you no know, you're right But also Partick Thistle fans Are really unhappy Like really unhappy
2: Yeah well oh, I mean I mean, One week they're winning 4-0 The next week they're losing 4-0 You don't know You don't know what you're going to get With Partick So The other thing as well though, About that league are we still saying Dundee are winning that league or not? I think Dundee will still win the league think they'll, they'll, They will come through eventually and win that league
1: You know, I don't have the table right off the top of my head but Oh, they're
2: within striking distance, so they fine
1: I think they're only two or three points off the top of the table So, I mean, it's, still, it's the league that nobody wants to win I still think Dundee will win it And I still think Dundee will win it Because if they're there or thereabouts come January They'll have a bit of money to spend and they'll shift a few of their players Hopefully to Dunfermline And uh, I think uh, I think they'll be able to bring in some quality And win the league From first to seventh There's five points in it Yeah, exactly So yeah. There, there's absolutely nothing in it at all uh, League one So Airdrie back to winning ways Beating Montrose Four goals to nil on Saturday Allo putting a nice run together now They're 2-1 winners Against Clyde Who of course sacked Danny Lennon Oh sorry, they didn't sack Danny Lennon last week They've put him on gardening leave And Alan Moore, who's his assistant Is now in charge Because we've got lots of tweets after the show last week Week And we were talking about managers Under pressure And we didn't actually mention Danny Lennon He'd lost nine games in a row As Clyde manager Alan
2: Moore's a nice guy I've met him a few times Alan
1: Moore's a lovely guy But he was his assistant And they put Danny Lennon on gardening leave And I don't want to suggest that they don't have the money to pay him off but it kind of <laughs> looks like that from the outside I've got no insider info but you going
2: to sit in your garden and yeah. we'll get Alan Moore in to do your job but we'll still pay you exactly
1: Dunferman 2 Kelty Hearts 1 on Saturday in the Wee 5 Derby uh, Peterhead 1 Edinburgh won as well so Edinburgh dropping a few, a few points against Peterhead and then it was Queen of the Sides 1 Falkirk 3 there's a big game on Saturday in League <laughs> 1 a big big game it's Falkirk versus Dunfermline at the Falkirk Stadium obviously a tough place to go because it's only got three sides to it and <laughs> uh, the sides have already drawn once this season do
2: you know how fearful he is of this game on Saturday now Stephen Mill if you haven't heard the podcast before and you're not aware of this he is a mad Dunfermline fan right he's so scared of this game that he's getting on a plane and going to Chicago ahead of it for the full weekend for the full weekend he can't even face this game because he knows what's going to happen I live in Falkirk and I know that Falkirk are excited for this game and I think Falkirk could win which is why he's getting out of dodge he's leaving not just Scotland he's leaving the entire country to get away from it you know Scotland is the same as the entire country I mean I'm in the UK Sorry He's yeah. <laughs>
3: well, not, not just, just leaving right. Scotland tell what. You seem
2: to be forgetting something uh, Stephen Mill what? You have a Twitter account Yeah You have a Facebook account And you also have a telephone So no matter How much you want to try and escape What's the inevitable on Saturday When Falkirk going and pump you is, we will get in contact with you one way or another and you will have to face us at some point in the not too distant future. So just face up to what's going to happen on Saturday. Falkirk will beat them firmly and get within a point of you at the top of the league.
1: All right, Jim Goodwin. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> I mean that's the thing though. Like, I think um, even if Falkirk do win on Saturday, which it wouldn't surprise me if they did, because I think Falkirk are a pretty decent side. They are um, good manager. I also think that. Um, well, I'll get on to John McGlynn in just a wee second if you want. But I think um, when it comes down to it, even if Falkirk do win on Saturday, Dunfermline will still be top of the league because we're 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 clear.
2: But then who's got momentum? Falkirk. I mean, they would have the momentum. Nah. I mean, they have it, beaten you. It, Falkirk- Falkirk got a beat by Kelty Hearts last week Right and they bounce back brilliantly. They go to Queen of the South Which we, is a really tough place to go and win 3-1 We got beat by Montrose last week And then we go and beat Kelty Hearts on Saturday Yeah but you home But you at home, home Kelty are a promoted team Falkirk got beat by uh,
1: Kelty at Falkirk last week Right that's a really good point <laughs> 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 So listen so, so he give me a, so right, I, Listen in all seriousness I, I would take a point on Saturday Would right you? Now. Absolutely kay. take a point I think that it's going to be really tight uh, all throughout the season. The reason that Dunferman will win the league is because John McGlynn has been in this position before with Wraith Rovers. And and he's blown
2: it. Bottled it.
1: Absolutely bottled it. You're right. He crumbled under the pressure to the point he actually fell out with me in um, the championship Did winning he? season so uh, Dunferman won the league and it was 2010-11 uh, right. um, uh, 2010-11 I should say and it was between Dunferman and Wraith Rovers going for the league, it was two pretty poor sides if I'm looking back and being honest Wraith Rovers weren't great, we weren't great we went on a great run towards the end of the season it all came down to the second last game of the season Dunferman versus Wraith Rovers at East End Park, it was a sellout, it was a huge match and then the build up to that, John McGlynn um, I was working for another radio station at that point, and he accused me of um, being biased towards Dunferman. And uh, I was. So <laughs> 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 so I, d- I can't really sort of uh, complain about that. Um, but he didn't talk to me. He did apologise afterwards, so that, that was fine, because he said the pressure was getting to him. And it did. On oh, his, wee, his wee head, it was just too much for him. So. Anyway... We'll see what happens Towards the end of the season In League 2 Finished Albion Rovers 2 Stenhouse Muir 2 It was Annan 0 Dumbarton 1 East 5 2 Elgin City 1 Stirling Albion 2 Bonnie Rig 1 Bonnyrigg by the way They're flying No they're not They got beat 2-1 They're absolutely not flying
2: What did I hear you say there?
1: I said Stirling Albion 2 Bonnie Rig Rose 1 Stirling Albion are flying Bonnie Rig Rose Are absolutely not flying I They're thought, bombing I
2: thought you said Rig Rose won, as in one. No, won as in the goal, game. As
1: in they scored one goal. I right. like, See, when I say Stranraer won four for nil, <laughs> even though Stranraer did win, that's a bad example. Yeah, it's a bad example. <laughs> I'll give you another example. So if I say East 5 two, Elgin City one, Elgin one. No, <laughs> they scored one goal. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So I
2: wasn't really listening, if I'm being honest. Aye, that's fair. I was looking at my bit of paper there that um, intern Callum has given me about the show today. I just realised we're doing an interview with somebody very soon. Yes, we are. But well, we'll get to that shortly.
1: We will get to that shortly. And we have our brand new feature to do next for you.
3: La gente está muy loca. What the fuck?
1: Okay. This is our brand new feature. It's VAR. Oh, WTF. Yes. So there was plenty happening on Saturday. Where do you want to begin, you and Cameron, on our VAR WTF?
2: Let's go, Rangers. Okay. Against Aberdeen. I mean, it's irrelevant what happened with the penalty, but in regards to going forward with VAR, where do we stand when it comes to the handball situation in the penalty box? Now, a lot of fans are saying that that was never a penalty in a million years. When it pops up, the Aberdeen defender controls it or miscontrols it, it pops up and it hits him in the left hand. His hand is out, hits him in his left hand. There's another no Rangers player around him. Is that a penalty kick? I would say no. I personally don't think that's a yeah. penalty because... The cross has come in He's controlled it It's popped up and hit his hand He's not intentionally done that Yes, his hand's out But he needs to balance himself I don't think that's a penalty I really don't
1: I think that Regardless of whether it was a penalty or not I think probably the problem lies Not with VAR for this one It lies with the handball
2: rule What is the rule? You tell me the rule I have no idea That's what I'm saying I genuinely have no idea Are we getting to the point where Every handball No matter where your hands are Or where your arms are Is a penalty because you can't run like this.
1: You can't. I'd love to see you
2: running like that. You can't. Yeah. You can't just run with your hands down by your sides. You can't do that. When when you're when you're defending, you need to balance yourself. If you're going, showing them to the right, showing them to the left. If you're running at pace, you can't do that with your hands by your side. When you're flying in for a sliding tackle, you can't do that with your hands down by your side
0: great for an audio medium that you did that for everyone and didn't describe what you were doing
2: well so my hands were doing my side clearly because really, yeah, like, I just described it you looked like a sort of wooden top sort of trying to run You're around like a it so. So, yeah, a so I, I think the Rangers penalty isn't a penalty in my opinion and let's move on to Celtic penalty against Livingston which was there which was missed actually by Giamakis but again it was one of those situations of going how is that a penalty and here's what I think there was such a fuss last week with a handball against Michael Smith, I think the referee felt pressure to give that penalty. And I, don't, I think that is nowhere near a penalty. Again, the cross comes in from the left. The Livingston defender is running to block the cross. His hand's a wee bit up, but it's in by his size and it catches the top of his hand and the referee deems that a penalty. It's I'm, never
1: a penalty. I'm so reluctant to give any opinion on this because I think that I genuinely don't know what the handball
2: rule is, but, 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 but I think Stephen, use your common sense when you look at the two incidents. Neither of them are penalties, in my opinion. Not one of them are penalties.
1: I did think the Michael Smith one was a penalty last week. No, it's not. It's and, really I, 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 not. Know, I know, but we've been over. Okay, but, but again, right. this, this is what Can, I'm saying. This is what, sorry. This is what I'm saying. Both of these incidents, they're not really VAR issues. They are handball issues.
2: Yeah, but that penalty that was given against Livingston yesterday yep. and also against Rind- so, uh, sorry, against Aberdeen on Saturday, yep. I think in the premiership, they're not given.
1: Yeah, but we don't play but, in the
2: premiership. But my point here is, is it's the interpretation. Yep. Each referee has a different interpretation as to what the handball uh, law uh, is. That's right? So there isn't yep. a clear-cut law out there. But you need to use your common sense. I think Celtic got that penalty yesterday because they didn't want the hoo-ha from last week and the game was already done. Although you should be refereeing games like that. But I think that'll be playing in the back of their head. Oh, I don't want to go through that nonsense we went through last week. And they gave the penalty.
1: Let's move on from the handball stuff to something that's a little bit more clear cut. So Tony Watt getting sent off for Dundee United against Motherwell on Saturday.
2: Red card every day of the week.
1: On first viewing, it looks like a Stonewall red card. It was obviously reviewed by VAR. It's clearly not a red card, Ian.
2: It's <sighs> clearly not. Have you seen the angle from the other
1: side? Yeah, where it right. looks like a red card, and then you see it from about eight other angles, and you see it's not,
2: mate. You he, r- he rips the player's socks. No, when he comes it's down with studs,
1: card. It's not a red card, Stephen.
2: He goes in with studs high. It's, it's not just a red under card. the knee. It's he, a ludicrous decision. He catches him clearly just below the knee, and also it rips his socks that's that's how forceful he went into that challenge no if you uh, i'm sorry it's a red card it's, it's I, not a red card I, and you know see at the time at the time was going that's a scandalous decision that was never a red card he didn't even touch them and then another camera angle came out, and then everybody who'd said that was never a red card are now saying oh that's a red card
0: apart from the two people that you're standing across from yeah
2: who, but clearly you two have no clue what you're talking about and it, you've it, not seen the angles i've seen
0: oh <laughs> you've got you've got special angles do you that no one else gets to see obviously
2: I don't want your opinion because you're a Dundee United fan of course course you're going to say it's not a red card because he's your player he's your striker but you're telling me Stephen Mill under no circumstances is that deemed a red card in your opinion
1: yes in today's day and age it's it's not a red card for for two reasons Um, because you gave this example last week when you slow everything down everything looks worse and that's exactly what you sent to me last night it's slowed down, it looks worse
2: Right, so is that a yellow card?
1: Yes, I think it's a, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's a yellow card Honestly I think it's a yellow card on the basis that <sighs> Shut it, up It could have been a dangerous challenge It wasn't a dangerous challenge
2: You honestly need to watch netball or something Or you need to watch hockey Or you need to watch rugby Or you need to watch horse racing Or you need to watch Formula 1 Because you've not got a clue what you're talking about when it comes to football That's a red card It's not
1: It's absolutely not a red card You need to change
2: your sport Go and watch darts or something mate Go and play pool I
1: think VAR got that very much wrong And it should have been overturned It should have been a yellow card And that was it But I'm sure our VAR chats will continue Throughout the season here on the He's wrong No no he's not
0: Can I very one last thing Firstly clear and obvious Has to be a clear and obvious It was clear and obvious It's not because the three of us can't agree And and. Almost everyone that's seen it Has a different the opinion Hold on a minute on no, no, let me finish, let me finish. Let, me finish. <sighs> let me finish Secondly The referee didn't give A, a, a yellow card He didn't even give a foul At the time Because Tony Watt got the ball first And that is the last thing I'll say in it
1: Yeah there we go So I think it's incorrect It's an incorrect decision right.
2: Hold on a second So VAR have said to the referee Go and have a wee look at that Right Take a wee look Because I think there might be something more to it. That's what VAR's there for. The referee could still stuck to his original decision and went, no, I'm sticking my decision. I was there on the pitch. There was no contact or sufficient enough contact for a red card yet he's changed his opinion based on the camera evidence and ultimately has got it right yep. Tony Watt yep. deserved his red card put it in your pipe and smoke it and Stephen Mill you get back to watching snooker and horse racing <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like snooker and horse racing <laughs> I do actually like snooker and darts yesterday. Good, because
2: yeah. you're no good at football Right,
1: but, okay, let's move on anyway because we've all got a life to move on with as well <laughs> Right, a little bit later on on the podcast we are going to be joined by somebody who is a professor A professor is going to be
2: on the Somebody team. who's bright and intelligent
1: Yes, exactly Bright and intelligent He's a professor And he's written a book About whether Rangers died or not See, so, if I
2: was to have a title in front of my name It would either be Doctor or Professor
1: Yeah, but you that's
2: not going to happen But that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah Please welcome Professor Ewan Cameron <laughs> <laughs> Dr Ewan Cameron will perform this life-saving surgery on you today
1: you'd be like Dr Nick for the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> uh, right let's move on to Scottish football where are? so we asked you last week if Scottish football were a night out and you constantly outdo yourselves every single week with uh, some amazing shouts but also ones we can't read out uh, because our company lawyers would bleed us dry with all the complaints they charge us through their work so Ewan <laughs> once again you get to pick the winner go. so let's go from Barlog Chips Cheese and Graveson Gravison. No You're not that Move on Move on Okay we've got Spook Evans From Steve-O Like that Swally <laughs> Uh Tori Andrew Dance Flow <laughs> Jota Tequila Ronna Dyla Booze Dyson My Dad's Picking Me Up <laughs> From <laughs> Michael Douglas That's not bad uh, Dick Advocate House the Cat House, house The Cat, cat house, house in Glasgow Cat House Glasgow Again for listeners Who aren't in Glasgow The Cat House Is a nightclub in Glasgow uh, That's from The friend of the podcast Old fun Facts Who was on a couple of weeks ago uh, Drunken Ferguson Boogie Emery From Mickle uh, We've got Wim Danson From Miles Bonner And uh, Michael Douglas Thank you very much Wim Archie, Danson uh, Archie's <laughs> McPherson Again Another former nightclub In Glasgow One Night Standy Halliday I quite like One Night Standy holiday. That's from JD as well uh, Klubomir Maravchik Shot Brown Spearmint Rhino Gatuso <laughs> <laughs> That's that from George Burns uh, Square Kyogo Maybe at the end of the night if you're fancying that Oh Jesus uh, Karaoke Soong Young From Scott <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's too early in the morning for this. Uh, Stephen Presley from Brian Stalker. Stephen Presley? Stephen Presley. Oh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen Presley. So happens when I night Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Let's move on to Scott McKenna, remember a thing? McKenna, remember a thing? McKenna... Jolly McBurney from John McCormack. Hello to Kebab Douglas. Shots at Averlandse. Raphael fight from Michael Montagnani. <laughs> uh, Morris Slosh. Uh, carry out Arneson from Adam McDonald. The Winch Premiership from Mark T. The Winch Premiership. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, Aaron got from Andy. Harold Brat Back to My Place (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stephen Glast that's from Andrew Edward Uh, Diamond Dolly Mengers from Sasa Hans Ophir Nut Marciano from Martin Wilson Uh, Carlos Pina Colada Uh, is quite good as well Uh, Tony Blitzpatrick that's from John Roth Uh, Daryl Curry and Chips Uh, Christian Naddy Nightpal and uh, that's from Big G and Out on the Ram Danny from Jason Howden who are we going for there?
2: a Brat back to my place
1: Yep absolutely I agree with that Well done Andrew Edward You have won this week If Scottish football Were a night out So next week We're looking for your shouts For if Scottish football Were a cruise ship Okay For example You could have Dockstein <laughs> Oh no <laughs> So bad uh, Gally Maxwell <laughs> Disembarker Sean Goss <laughs> Disembarkation Goss. Nah, no, nah, okay. no, I'm nah. that's okay. absolutely terrible. Carol Starboard is quite good. That quite is like good. The, uh, not a Carl Naismith <laughs> 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 And Alan Mainsail. So listen, that's horrendous. Those are horrible
2: they'll, they'll come up with better ones than that
1: yeah so get your suggestions in on at on twitter or you can search the big scottish football podcast on facebook and instagram for next week's episode we are looking for a scottish football or a cruise ship at Scott. right let's move on to something else so you cameron is a man who likes to court controversy so when he saw an article this weekend about a falkirk fan and a Stirling university professor who'd written a book about whether or not rangers had died as a scottish Got his son article put it He demanded we have him on To that end, we're delighted to be joined On the line right now By Professor Brian Howison How are you doing, Brian?
3: Yeah, I'm good, thank you Much good to so, talk to you guys this morning
1: uh, So listen, um, do you not like having a quiet life, Brian? I mean, what are you doing, mate?
3: <laughs> that, is, that is a very, very fierce point I've been giving this quite a lot of thought Over the last two or three years Thinking, goodness gracious Why am I doing this? But, well... <laughs> Willie Vass photographed me on Friday at the University of Stirling, and he said, Brian, someone needed to write this book and I hope I offer some serious debate. And, you know, if it gets people thinking and talking and debating and discussing and disagreeing, that's no bad thing in my view.
1: So the title of the book is Rangers Football Club 1998-2015 to 2015, A Descent into Chaos A Resultant Chaos And an Emergence from the Chaos And mm-hmm. uh, so you can get it on Amazon right now It's £15 And mm-hmm. I described it as I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to get you to give away the ending, um, but for Celtic and Rangers fans, the perfect stocking filler to
2: make them happy <laughs> or to make them sad or make them angry as well. So, um, um, Can I just ask a question from the get-go here? Is the old firm dead?
3: Um, no. In my view, no. Now, this is a key point, Ian, because it's amazing. Even, I mean, I'm giving a public lecture at the University of Stirling on the 10th of November and I'm really keen as an academic to actually what I've tried to do is make sense of the complexity of the story and then try and narrate that to a public audience now in the book I've made the point that actually I'm not a lawyer I'm not an accountant but actually the more you think about it well what I want to do was try and make sense of Ewan and for me um Early on in writing this book, I had to make the distinction between the company and the club. Now, two law lords clearly say a company operates a club. And, you know, one of the problems with, it, with this story, Stephen and Ewan, was a lot of the language at the time was quite casual and lazy. The Herald came up with this headline about, you know, uh, Rangers are dead. Well, actually, that's not true. What had happened was the Rangers football club is operated by a company called the Rangers Football Club plc. It was the company that was placed in liquidation process and it's still in the liquidation process. The football club was sold to another company called CERFCO Scotland Limited, which changed its name to Rangers Football Club Limited and that is the company that operates the club today. So I don't believe it's dead at all in my view and a lot of people may disagree with that but I think there's a clear distinction between a company that operates a football club.
1: Brian, it sounds like you're trying to apply logic to a logicless situation, an illogical situation.
3: Well, what happened really, Stephen, was I remember sitting, uh, because I returned to the University of Stirling, I remember sitting... In um, my office, is still in about 2012, watching that press conference, the Duffin Phelps press conference, and thinking, "Goodness, what is going on here? Just what is going on here?" And then Duffyn Phelps produced their first administrator's report on the 5th of April, and it talks about the history and pedigree of this football club. And you think, actually, irrespective of one's views on Rangers or Celtic, this is a serious. Football club, and what happened when some three or four months later they're playing Beacon City in the Ramsons Cup, and then demoted. So I started to think about this, and perhaps as an academic or as a boffin, I I may say we try to try and figure out what happened. And that's what I've tried to do is figure out exactly what happened. My view clearly is that the the football club, the stakeholders, the employees—not just the players—well, the players were employees. They were, in my view, the victims of the corporate rangers being bought and sold, and I think the club did suffer. Um, and one of my take-home messages for the book is to all football fans, including my team Fulham, we should be maybe a bit mindful of actually who owns and operates the football club in which we support, and really, what is,
2: are you saying what is, then this could happen to any of our football clubs, where the company that owns the club could be liquidated?
3: Yes well what was quite interesting you and most At Falkirk, remember the chap two or three years ago who came out of the blue and was interested, I think his name was Mark Cooper, and he was interested in buying Falkirk. I thought, well, what does that mean? Gordon Waddle, a fellow of Bayern's, had an article in the Sunday Mail at the time saying, look, just be careful about these people who come out of the blue, you know, and buy your club. And one does wonder, if we were to really audit it, how many of these great traditional football clubs in Scotland and England are owned by people that we don't really know and what is their agenda.
2: Well, Craig Craig White was definitely one of those individuals that just appeared from absolutely nowhere to take over at Rangers. But my question is this, Brian, if Celtic play Rangers tomorrow, who do you want to win?
3: (laughs) Well, I grew up supporting Rangers, so um, I'm, I'm really okay with that. I would want Rangers to win. But what I will say... I will so say you're more likely
2: to write a positive book about rangers than not?
3: Well, again, people will, lever, people will say that. But the key point, uh, and this is what I do, because I've I started to get some kind of unpleasant things. As an academic, if I do my job properly, properly, I should offer breadth in depth to the area of study.
2: Yeah, and listen, don't listen, Brian. I'm not saying you're wrong because I think you're bang on the money there. Rangers Football Club's history is still there. They've won 55 titles. They've got a great history, a great European history as well. They are still the same club, and I agree with what you're saying. It was a different management structure was in place. So it was a different company that was in place, and that was what died—the company, uh-huh. not the club.
3: But there was. A casual, and at times lazy language about this that made it quite difficult to understand. So when we talk about Rangers, are we talking about? I think most of us are talking about that place down in Govan where the guys playing blue, blue, blue tops we were playing there on Saturday. But that's different from the companies that operate it, and that's what I'm getting at. Do we really know who owns, who runs a club, and what their agenda is? Yeah. I do give some benefit of the doubt to Craig White and Charles Green and we must remember that Craig White in his trial in 2017, he was found not guilty. He was portrayed as the pantomime villain, in inverted commas, but actually, I don't believe he was ever like Charles Green they were ever going to be about for the long term. But you know, I actually think that Craig White thought he could make it work. I do. I think he thought he could make it work. In my view, he was probably a bit politically naive. Stephen, you started by saying to me, Look, Brian, you're putting your head above the parapet. Did Craig quite not realise if he was going to buy Rangers Football Club that he was going to be very much in the public domain? Mm-hmm. I actually give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he tried to make it work but it didn't work for him Well
1: listen it sounds like regardless of your point of view that is probably already ingrained in the book is yeah. worth a read just It does r- sound like it just in terms of maybe opening your horizons a little bit And
2: understanding it more
1: Yeah 100% obviously there's been so much work put into this It's Rangers Football Club 1998 to 2015 A Descent into Chaos A resulting Chaos and an Emergence from Chaos It's by Professor Brian Howison from Stirling University and Brian Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this morning Thanks very much, Brian, and good luck Stephen,
3: Stephen, can I just say I look forward to Falkirk destroying the powers on Saturday <laughs> And uh, I will be there when you're in Chicago, okay?
1: Yeah, I don't buy <laughs> his book at
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, from that horror show Which will be that man's notifications a little bit later on today on Twitter We'll move on What's the scariest thing you've ever seen in Scottish football? Because it is a Halloween (laughs) Spooktacular!
2: And what we're calling this? what's the scariest thing you've seen in Scottish football yeah it's the Rocky Bashiri horror picture show yeah terrible uh, right
1: Bilal Moshni and his fists of fury from Big Uncle James remember that when Bilal Moshney started like fighting all the mother oh, that's right
2: aye was that scary it was kind of scary wasn't it yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah the Blackthorn Rangers kit unveiling from 2013-14 with such signings as Cammy Bell Nicky Clark John Daly Nicky Law and Stephen Smith that's from Albert's Legend a scary time for Rangers fans indeed what about Andy Boy who says the scariest thing in Scottish football is Craig Burley's smile? <laughs> it was back in the day, but he works on ESPN now and he's had his teeth done. So.
2: 1998 World Cup when he scored that goal against Norway, the fangs were out. What about Joe Jordan's smile from Hibby Mick back oh, in
1: yes. the day? Again, not a pretty sight. The four armed Hibs fans on the pitch at Hamden after David Gray's last minute winner against Rangers. That's from Scott Killen. Scary indeed. Imagine not winning a cup
2: for 116 years scary stuff and it's something that Harris love to remind Hibs fans about hello and to how it can I do it?
1: Barrington Chesterfield which I hope is your real name he says the scariest thing in Scottish football is Brandon Barker's hair I mean pre-transplant
2: that was terrible flopping all over the place okay it's here mate a He's few hair. shouts
1: Sorry. a few shouts for this one When Mark McGee offered to go naked if Dundee won a game.
2: Remember that last (laughs) season? That's (laughs) the scariest one. (laughs) Nothing's being that.
1: Well, I don't know, because Baz says, what about Stevie Fulton? He was scary.
2: He wasn't scary. To look at, he was. I loved him as a player.
1: Do you know that... (laughs) I'm sure sure I read somewhere that his nickname when he was at Hearts was the White Van Man, because he looked like a White Van Man. (laughs) And do you know what Stevie Fulton does now? it's a white van man <laughs> it's a white van man that's from Baz so hello to Rud Van Roy who said the flyer for talking balls with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff oh, from the Real Radio
2: In." that's <laughs> the worst flyer ever you look Can awful I, I look awful right so I'm not well in that picture and also my teeth what's wrong with my teeth Can I tell you, I was actually going through issues with my teeth at that time and I had a few operations because I'd knocked my teeth out many years ago when I was living in the Middle East. And that picture was like
3: mid-operation,
2: fixing them. them. So I don't know why I put such a big cheesy smile. I just...
1: All right, that's, that's even, you.
2: Even even I would say I was scared. Look- I mean, I'm a I'm a good-looking lad, but seeing that <laughs> picture, that picture, definitely not.
1: Right. So that's your excuse. What's Ruffy's excuse? <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact he looks like Ruffy. Uh, <laughs> if you've not seen it, by the way, we'll retweet it from our Twitter account. And uh, Red Van Nistelrooy says you could put on the mantelpiece to keep the kids away for the fire. Hundred percent. Lots of shouts for David Dodds, as you would expect. That's from Cathers and uh, Robert McDonald in particular. Bert Conterman. Playing for Rangers. Well, As that sc-
2: goal he scored against Celtic. Yeah, that I mean, thunderball of a free kick. No, he, he, it wasn't a free kick. It was, a, it was
1: just a shot from yeah. outside the box. I mean, he was a figure of ridicule, Bert Conterman. and Then
2: he just pops up and scores that goal. Yeah,
1: he scored that. That's from Simon and Gordon Stewart. When Jane O'Toole dislocated her knee mid-game, popped it back in place, oh, yes. and played on for the rest of the game. That's well from Michael done. Ogilvie.
2: <sighs> yeah. How anyone can do that. Well
1: done. Jerry Taylor says. The most frightening thing, scariest thing you've seen in Scottish football is a Ryan Christie free kick. <laughs> Rose-ed. Particularly if you're in Rose-ed. That Henrik Larsson leg break as well from oh, Tina Marie. Oh, the worst. Was it Lyon or Bordeaux it was, it was a
2: European game in France. It was the worst.
1: Umar Sadiq's dive from Lindstrom Loyal. Oh, yes, I game. remember that. And from everyone, the overwhelming thing, the winner of the scariest thing you've ever seen in Scottish football is the thought of Ewan Cameron's perfectly shaved body from neck down.
2: Not many people know that I shave. And okay. you've just revealed it.
1: Everyone knows now.
2: Yeah. I do like to keep it's clean and tidy. I've showed you. No, I
1: don't want to see it. No, you I, did uh, look, though. No. Remember that night we
2: had um, no, a wee don't. pizza and a couple of drinks? No. Did you show him? I showed him. Horrendous.
1: Really? Yeah. I went straight to HR. I believe it's still going through the process. So.
2: <laughs> Good. <laughs> got the skin of a baby seal
1: okay moving swiftly on so our dreadful teams in Europe are back for one final fling this shut week shut top what? Hearts have won two games against a Latvian pub team and by the way fair play Hearts for holding up the coefficient Thank you, I must say, Cheers. Like, I'll give you that Thank right? you, at least we're there Because you still get points for beating Latvian pub teams So, your final predictions Ewan Cameron It's the final Ewan's Eurovision of the year Because all our teams have been pumped out before Christmas So, Tuesday night Rangers versus Ajax 8pm at Ibrox What's the score Ewan Cameron?
2: Can you believe this? That Rangers, with no points And a minus 19 goal difference Still have a chance to qualify for Europe after the World Cup
1: well if they beat Ajax 5-0
2: that's what I'm saying can you believe they're still in with a shot I mean it's not going to happen (laughs) it's 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 definitely not going to happen they're not but to think that they're still in with a shot is quite remarkable and yes they won't do it but I think they might just sneak a win I thought they were excellent against Aberdeen in that second half and if they turn up with that intensity and the fans get behind them I think they could win that so I'm going to go I'm actually I think they'll go for it. a bit like remember Scotland when they played Holland in 1978 and we went 3-1 up and everyone starts to believe oh we could do this we could do this get one more goal, and then Ruffy concedes a 40 yarder from Johnny Rhett yeah and then we win the game 3-2 I think Rangers could go like 3-0 up and the Rangers fans will be going oh we could do this and then they'll score one so I'm going to go 3-1 Rangers against Ajax I Ibrox ok Real Madrid VLC Celtic quarter to six kickoff
1: on Wednesday what are we thinking there?
2: Real Madrid drew, drew yesterday Well they need to win there? Well, 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 Aye they drew No They won it 2-1 In the last minute Oh did they? Last minute Right okay They were 1-1 one, one up one Because I had them on my coupon Alright <laughs> oh, okay right, um, So yeah They were 1-1 Against one of the lower teams At the Bernabeu And they won it In the last seconds 2-1 They didn't They did well, Did VAR chop it off?
1: VAR chopped
2: it off VAR chopped it off
1: Tony
2: Cruz, Yeah Oh Chopped, off. chopped yeah. off I saw it 2-1 So I must have gone Oh wow Girona Girona. yeah Girona here's the thing about Real Madrid after they got beat by RB Leipzig they now need something from the game yeah to win the league to win the group group. but you want to win the group because you get obviously a a, a better draw so they now need something from the game so I was thinking that if Celtic were to go there and they were resting their players they might get a respectable result but now that they need to win it to win the group I fear for Celtic, especially if they go gung-ho like Celtic do. So I'm going to go 3-0 Real Madrid. And Thursday at 3.30 in the afternoon,
1: Istanbul-Bashakir versus Hearts.
2: I kind of hinted at it when we talked about the Hearts game from uh, Sunday against Ross County. Um, This game is irrelevant. We're already out of Europe. I think the big game for us this week is Motherwell at Tynecastle. I think we just throw in the reserves.
1: And what's the score going to be?
2: 4-0 to Istanbul, Istanbul. Okay, 4-0 okay. to Istanbul and the uh, hearts have picked up a million pounds in prize money by beating the Latvian team twice and I hope we reinvested the, the money correctly and we come back better and stronger in Europe next year
1: Okay, okay, Right, that is the final Ewan's Eurovision It's been a pleasure this year it, I've been good at it uh, well, I've been generally quite good yeah, well, Shut up, why are you nodding? Right, any other business? Anything else you've got for us? Is that the show done? That's the show done. Yeah, we're all done. Um, We've any been other
2: business? Yeah. Mm, You're happy. Uh, you waiting me for breakfast? Are you busy? Uh, I could do. Yeah,
1: I do have a couple of things to do. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to a Twitter debate around the boy we just had on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good luck with that, Brian. That is us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use, so you don't miss a podcast, and you can keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football where a cruise ship. <laughs> so you can post there And we'll get back to you next week Now no podcast next Monday Because I'm still in Chicago But I think Tuesday We'll record the podcast I yes. Think Tuesday yes So we'll record it on Tuesday next week So Slightly delayed Don't worry about it We'll be back next week With another episode Of the Big Scottish Football Podcast But bye bye and Cameron Bye bye And bye bye from me Stephen Mill Enjoy your week